The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Welcome to the Peace Walker Podcast. As you know, this is Craig Gray, and you are on episode number 28. So we are in 2021. And I'll be honest, I don't know how it's going because I record these episodes in advance, so it's still 2020. Um, But you're listening to this, and it's 2021. So my future self, I'm hoping, is... uh, a few steps closer to all my goals and successes and everything that I've planned right now, which is only a few weeks out, but any which way, I ramble on. Today, I wanted to kind of talk to you about how I made this morning about $115 from PayPal by being a peace walker and having good negotiation strategies. Now, if you think this podcast is going to tell you in this episode, you know, how to negotiate your way with PayPal and give you a step-by-step process and and all that, well, you're going to be sorely mistaken and maybe a little cranky. But uh, I will tell you this, learning how to communicate clearly with people and keeping your baseline And being ethical is going to help you to be successful in anything that you do, whether it's negotiate your way out of a dispute like I had to with PayPal this morning, or if it's arguing with a family member um, or a worker, having a discussion that... uh, could possibly turn south with a client or a student, or if you're a police officer, pull, police officer pulling someone over some night and they don't want to give you their ID or they start giving you some static, or you're a leader or a politician and you need to get buy-in from your constituents, or you're a pastor and you know you're getting some pushback by your board or by your congregation for something, and you need to really stand and negotiate and persuade, or at least just be a better leader of your own life. So this story is too long and boring for me to go into detail on. But let's just say this. Back in August... At our local Krav Academy, I had somebody, a student mistakenly dispute charges that that they paid for one of the uh, programs that we run. And it came through on my my phone. I could see my PayPal payments. And I'm like, that's weird. You know, the person just paid for their classes and they went to two, two classes and they disputed it. What the heck? So I called the client 
and the student and spoke with him. And sure enough, it was a mistake. <clears throat> it came through. So I had them, <clears throat> excuse me, deal with it. And this is one of the reasons why I both love and hate technology. Uh, and one of the reasons why, too, I don't have much patience for Facebook. One of the, ma- one of the many reasons, right? But it's, everything's automated and everything is like do-it-yourself. And if, if everything fits within the parameters, it's fine. But if it, it, anything falls outside of the parameters of what the defaults are and what the automation is, you're screwed. It's going to take you hours to get through this and you have to get your story straight. So anyways, so I go, I'm going back and forth with PayPal. PayPal's going back and forth with this person's credit card company. And this is all for like $95. It's not like it's, you know, a million dollar deal or anything of substantial money, but it's good practice. So anyway, so we go back and forth and, you know, I, I, she, I, I contact her again and she says, nope, I, I withdrew the dispute and she gives me a screenshot with her telephone. Um, meaning she took a picture on it with her phone of her screen and then sent it to me. And she said, no, we're good on this end. So I call PayPal. And I tell them that, and I talk to the customer service rep, which was, you know, like 10 or 15 minutes to get in touch with a service rep. And uh, so I finally do, and I tell them the situation. They give me an email address. I send them PayPal. So I respond to that email address and send them the information and tell of this, the discussion and all the details. It gets bounced back to me. It gets bounced back to me. Stating that that's not what I was supposed to do. That email is no longer in service. They're not checking it anymore. And do this protocol, of which I do. So I, so I immediately go and I do the protocol on the resolution center in the um, uh, merchant portal. But I can't complete the instructions because of one detail that I learned later. Um, but I didn't know it at the time. So I call PayPal back. But I don't have... The time because they I couldn't get a hold of the customer service rep uh, because all their lines are busy and then they could contact me back so I didn't have time so I decided to call them back well in the meantime my mom has a heart attack which she's doing all right now so don't worry but uh, but anyways there was all that rigmarole and a bunch of COVID rigmarole going on and I didn't really get back um, for a little bit then I get an email from PayPal stating that the dispute was settled in the seller's favor or buyer's favor, rather, meaning that now I've got to pay them the $95 and refund that and a $20 service fee to PayPal. <laughs> now, this is partially my fault because I didn't stay on it, right? Because this is over a span of over four months. <clears throat> now, I was pretty much on it up until the last correspondence. But then after my mother, uh, my mother's health and this COVID situation that I had to deal with, um, I, it just wasn't first and foremost on my to-do list. <clears throat> so I know hopefully this, this story isn't getting too boring for you. So anyways... It was shady, right? So basically, the dispute should have been dropped and put in my favor from that point of which my student had dismissed the dispute. 
And there's a whole story, I'm sure, there. But regardless, here's the main part of the story. So this morning, I called PayPal, and I spoke with this lovely young lady on the phone, and we went through this whole process. It took us over 40 minutes. But being that I had baseline, I was being ethical and honest. I was not upset and railing her. I was firm. I didn't have, I had an idea how I want want, wanted the outcome to, to happen. However, I wasn't so attached to it. I figured, hey, it was a $120 or $115 lesson for me to practice my negotiation skills and to maybe get my money back. I wasn't really anticipating it. <clears throat> and for me to practice, you know, being a peace walker, for me to practice standing up for myself and this, what was happening in a respectful way and me to hone my negotiation skills even more. And also to give both PayPal and whatever other merchant account on the other end, the credit card company, just give them some feedback of, hey, something's screwy here and this isn't right. But I wasn't going to argue over the $115. So I can't give you a step-by-step blowdown. I suppose I could, but uh, I don't really have the time for it and you probably don't want to hear it. But Using the methodology that I teach in the Peace Walker program on our private membership site, I use that same methodology, and it just earned me cold cash, one hundred and fifteen dollars, <laughs> uh, and some sanity because justice was done. <clears throat> Here's the main things. Now, could I give you a step-by-step approach of like, well, I I first asked her why this is happening, and then I asked her what I wanted to do, which I did. You know, and then after that. I gave them the reasons, and then I gave them choices, and then I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there was a little bit of a process on that. But let me tell you what what the main portions of the process were. And here's the tip, trick, and tactic of the day after my long PayPal venting story. The main point and tip and tactic that you can take away from my dispute with PayPal was this. Number one, I was ethical. Even even within the context of what's happening, if you are ethical, if you are going towards most good least harm for everybody and respecting the life value. Now, I know that sounds really like an out there concept and I say it all the time and probably by by this point, your your eyes go glossy and you just kind of... (laughs) zone out. But I cannot explain to you how important that is in everything because it was in this case too. Now, was it a life and death situation where, you know, I'm staving off the Taliban and in the middle of Afghanistan and, you know, uh, protecting families and all that? Not like that. But the root of it is the same. I was acting in an ethical way to respect everybody, myself included, and even given the benefit of the doubt to those financial institutions to toe the line. And I communicated it in a very respectful way, but a very firm way. 
So if you don't, like for instance, if I was trying to pull the wool over their eyes because I cheated out that person on the money and so forth, that's a different, that's a different deal. Now you could be a great manipulator, scam artist, and there's many of them, but that is not what we're teaching. And that's not being a peace walker. That is not it. The idea is that everyday Joes and Janes like you and I have a fighting chance against these sometimes criminals, but sometimes just pushy people and organizations that basically are looking out for themselves more so than they're looking out for anybody else. And that would be this case. I think I think not PayPal. PayPal, I think, was on the up and up. My guess is all financial institutions do this, but um, when you have a dispute with a merchant, um, there's a lot of pressure put upon the merchant to really, to really lean on them to um, overturn that dispute. And my guess is if you don't do certain things by certain times, they can and really fight it, they'll just keep the money. But anyways... Back to the tips, tricks, and tactics. I know I'm wandering a little bit because I think it's a really important story, even though I'm not telling the story very well, because it's an everyday thing that you and I run into all the time. And this is the idea of being a peace walker and being an, a protector is part of the whole process, right? It's not just if you're in the middle of an active shooting event, right? It's an everyday practical situation. Not to mention, I can sleep better at night and I feel pretty good about myself right now because justice was served. So anyways, back to the deal. Ethical. Make sure that you have the right ethics. If you're acting ethically and you can communicate clearly what that process was, if in this case, you have a much better chance of resolving the situation in your favor. But letting go of the outcome even if it doesn't happen that way. So ethics. Baseline. I didn't freak out with her. Now, as I started talking about the situation, I started getting ramped up a little bit, and it would have been easy to just you this and PayPal that and give me my money back, and you guys is bullshit and blah 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 blah. And it wouldn't have gotten me. I don't think it would have made me any headway. In my experience, a lot of times people they will to try to get their way. They especially if they think they're in the right, they will often go overboard on their negotiation strategy. You know, they'll try to yell or threaten or um, talk really um, harsh to try to get their way, even especially if they're in the right. And, and it works sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. But I'm of the mindset to where if you stay cool, calm, and collected... Every once in a while, if it's necessary, and it was not necessary in this situation, you know, raising your voice and being firm and getting aggressive is necessary. And, and it's going to be more impactful if you don't do it all the time. If you do it all the time, well, where are you going to go from there? You know, if, you, if you're always yelling, if you're always hyper aggressive, if you're always, you know, commanding and demanding um, in a really assertive or overly assertive way, um, we're going to ratchet it up from there. You know, there's no place to ratchet it up and people get used to you always yelling and always being upset and that. So when you are really upset, it's kind of like crying wolf. You, you do that all the time. So there's nowhere to go except for, you know, maybe a physical interaction, which obviously in this case couldn't do over the phone. 
But that's not my demeanor usually. I'm, I try to be even measured. <clears throat> so baseline. So ethics, baseline, and good communication, meaning all your ducks are in a row and you can explain what's going on in a process. Now, I know I'm not doing a great job because <laughs> this story is really convoluted um, and it meandered and it winded and it, it went back and forth. Um, so this is a skill that you can learn, but here's the kicker. The kicker is it's not a script. You start there, you start with a script and, and I'll give you one. I'll give you a script of what to do step by step. However, well, let me back up. You're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? In the private membership, you get a script to what to do step by step. I take you through some, some ba- very, very basic concepts. But many times people get the, the concepts and the exercises mixed up with trying to figure out the actual problem. It's a framework. And I use that exact framework. We call it the Barks Continuum. I use that Barks Continuum. It's an acronym. It's a process. In this situation. <clears throat> but it, for instance, I could never do in the way that it happened. I could never do this scenario in class to teach somebody because it was, it was too meandering. But it still was the structure. So having the ethic, keeping your baseline, and having a predetermined structure, a plan... really made all the difference. I had an idea of what I wanted to accomplish. I knew what I was willing to let go. I knew what my deal breakers were. I wasn't really, in this case, I wasn't anticipating money. Now, if you put a couple zeros on the end of that, you know, it was $1,000, it was $10,000. Then, you know, my expectations probably would be different. And then I would have a plan B ready. So for instance, in this case, I didn't have a, here, my plan B, I didn't really have a plan B because I didn't need one. So we talk about that a lot in our, in our programs, right? Having a good plan A, what happens when conflict happens, you know, previous to the conflict happening, do you have a plan A? <clears throat> like, for instance, I'm in my, in my uh, I guess you could fancily call it a home studio. Some people would call it my living room. But I'm in my living room now, standing in front of my fire. It's a little chilly. And... Uh, you know, so what would happen if a fire broke out? I've got a plan A. My plan A is I've got a couple of fire extinguishers, fire extinguishers, and if a fire broke out that was containable, I would, you know, run grab one of my fire extinguishers and put it out. There's a plan A. If that didn't work, my plan B <clears throat> would be to immediately evacuate, get people out of the house, and call nine one one. So there's just an example, a quick example of a plan B. It doesn't have to be complicated. And then you could have a C, D, E, F, G, and so forth. And it doesn't always work out that way, right? But if you don't have a plan, it's harder to improvise. So same thing with this. I didn't really need a plan B because my plan A really was to communicate to them to practice this communication system because they're always practicing. Trust me, I've done this a million times and it's all practice. So I was using it to practice 
and I was using it to learn, to get feedback on how I could do it more appropriately in the future. One way, one thing I already knew, I already knew uh, you make sure I'm timely about things. And then the third thing was, is I want to communicate back and give feedback to, in this case, PayPal, about <clears throat> the process being a little hinky and uh, being that I'm a client, that they may want to fix some of their processes. Or if I was in the wrong, or if, or if I misunderstood something at the latter end of it, that um, I knew how to fix that. So, having a plan and a predetermined format is huge, even if you don't stick to it. So having a pre-planned approach and, and a plan A and a B and a C and a D is important even if you don't stick to the plan, it will help you. So there's the tip, trick, and tactic of the day is when you're negotiating, when you're utilizing your verbal communication skills, conflict communication skills, tactical communication skills, that you have some training. So you always start with the ethic of trying to create a circumstance that is most good, least harm for everybody. Be respectful, even if you have to kill the person. I'm, I'm only half serious on that, right? So if you have to get a little more aggressive, try to do so in a respectful manner. <clears throat> know what your end game is, right? Know what, what the total goal is of the situation. Have a plan, right? Have a predetermined methodology of how you're going to handle things. And to do that, most people, most of the time, do a better job if they have training. So I would recommend that when it's open, it's not open right now, but when it's open, get on the Peace Walker private membership. And one of the things that you'll learn is verbal negotiation strategies. <laughs> and obviously you'll learn a lot of the sexy stuff that people want to learn is the physical skills, right? How to disarm pistols and rifles and how to choke people out and how to take people down to the ground and punch things. And uh, so you'll get the whole approach of that. And you'll get a bunch of interviews with other instructors ranging from CPL instructors and tactical firearms instructors and other um, defensive tactics instructors, but also doctors, therapists, motivational speakers, leadership experts, you name it. Anything dealing with being a protector, you can get on this site. But this isn't a commercial for that. So anyways, I've rambled long enough. So to wrap up, <clears throat> make sure that you're clear on your ethic. Make sure you understand what you're protecting. Know the end game. What are your deal, what are your deal breakers and what is the mission? What is your objective that you're trying for? And then have a plan to accomplish those things. Have a step-by-step -step approach. 
And while you're doing that, make sure you stay calm, cool, and collected in your in-baseline. So those are tips, tricks, and tactics for the day. I know this was a little rambling of an episode, but it is what it is. Next time, my guess is it'll be more concise. (laughs) All right, gang. Thanks for joining me today. Go out there and protect the right things and get the skills to do it more effectively. Talk to you later. One last thing before I go. If you're interested in learning how to protect yourself more effectively and finding out more about what this protector lifestyle is all about, what it is to become a peace walker and how that can change your entire life, well, then I've got something for you. I recently developed a new program called Six Day Defense. And if you go to sixdaydefense.com, you're going to get free access to the short little mini course that is going to set you on your way to living a more confident, safer, more fulfilled life. It's going to teach you the fundamentals of how to protect yourself more effectively. Sixdaydefense.com. It's all spelled out. And if you have just 10 minutes a day for the next six days, I can share with you some incredible ways that are going to change your life and maybe even save it. Sixdaydefense.com. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.